Welcome to Earful of Fantasy, the best damn fantasy football pod in the universe. We're live each Wednesday night on Facebook and available every Thursday morning from your favorite podcast service. Support the show for free stuff and an on-air shout-out at patreon.com slash earful. And be sure to hit us up throughout the week on Twitter at EOFantasy. Now, on to the show. And we are live. Welcome, everybody, to the Earful of Fantasy podcast. My name is Liam Poach, and as always, I am joined by my host, Chris Maitland. Chris, how the heck are you doing there, guy? Uh, fantastic. Uh, we, we took a one-week reprieve because I was so ashamed that I forgot the name of Charles Green from Baller, so I had I protested <laughs> last week. I was like, we're sitting this one out by week. I'm, I was too ashamed to show my face, let my voice run wild on the internet, but we're back now, and I'm happy to be back and, and, and repeating the name of Charles Green. Well, Several. Charles Green, Charles Green, executive of the Los Angeles Rams, retired offensive <laughs> lineman. Well, The Rock says, don't forget it again. I uh, won't. And you want to know what's bad again? This is the last I will mention of this, but it was funny. I was re-listening to the last episode we recorded the next day, and I remembered it. I'm like, why the hell did I say Charles Robinson? No, the minute I said Charles, Charles Robinson, Robinson, I'm like, the minute the minute I said I heard Charles Robinson, I'm like, it's Charles Green, you moron. It was awful. It was it was well, awful. I'm, like, oh, thing, oh I'm pretty sure I just went along with it. I, I think it was like, oh yeah, that's him. Like so, I, I I was the dumbass too, just being the it, follower. So no, no, you you weren't. No, you admittedly were not positive. You were not confident, and you didn't say like that's definitely it. You did it. No, it was no. <laughs> there was not. You were not. There was no assurance in your voice. You were kind of just like maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So, <laughs> but but you were smarter than me. Who was like Charles? But actually, to be fair, I was also not confident. I felt it was wrong, but I'm just ashamed. Of I'm, I mean, but you you at least took the swing. You know, I I, I mean, did like take you know. I, I I struck out looking. You you struck out swinging. So there's yep. there's always glory in that. But anyway, but still strike it out nonetheless. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> we, we both struck out, man. We're over one. Exactly. On, on the on the Charles beautiful tribute to the baseball playoffs. Yeah. Anyway, uh, to give you guys a little background on the show, rather than rugby, me and Chris are going to be talking about NFL fantasy football, along with other news and developments surrounding the National Football League. You can feel free to hit us up in the comment section during or after the show with any questions, news, views, and abuse, and also online, where you can find us on Twitter, at EO Fantasy, and on our Facebook page, Earful of Fantasy. Uh, also, look us up on your podcast provider right now. And add the show, we're no longer on EOD's feed, so it's wicked important that you give us a like and a follow. So, yes. uh, without further ado, on with the show? Yes, and uh, hopefully, again, make sure you download that little orange app that Liam loves so much. <laughs> that's our that's our preferred Dude, podcast provider. I straight up keep forgetting to look up what the name of that app is. and I hope you never find out. I honestly, <laughs> I sincerely hope you never find out. I'm, I'm going to tell everybody week 17, like right before the playoffs. Like <laughs> we do last... a wrap-up show. The last episode. We do our wrap-up show, like our season wrap-up show. Like, yes, that's it. Please, yep. there's no more episodes this season, but be sure to find us there. <laughs> look, listen to all the replays. Yeah, anyway, exactly. uh, to give you guys a rundown of what we're doing, other than talking about HBO's Ballers and the little... Orange podcast, the mystery orange podcast provider. <laughs> okay, <laughs> founded by Kel Mitchell. <laughs> Jesus, man. Uh, we're going to talk about our personal fantasy weeks. Uh, Chris is going to talk over some waiver wire targets. Uh, our quarter season recap. Uh, we're going to talk. It's it's week four. So other than the San Francisco 49ers and one other team had their bye the week as the, the New the York Jets. Football Jets. Yes, the 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 dirty Sam Jets. 
Exactly. Exactly. The Mono Boys were off last week. Yeah. So at, at least for everybody except for them is a quarter of the way through the season. So we're just gonna celebrate that in some weird fashion just to fill yep. up some time. Uh, um, as always, start them, sit them, and then our final yeah. thoughts. Yes. And somewhere in there, likely in the normal spot, even though we didn't have a show last week, I will own up to my absolutely atrocious uh, st- start them, sit them that I posted last week on our on our wonderful social media accounts. Because holy hell, did I do bad? I will I will briefly go over that. Well, I'm well. I'm a complete narcissist, so I'm just focusing on the positives. And um, <laughs> I, I think you called it a double off the wall. I hit with Jacoby Brissett. Yes, I did because yeah. I, I simply because the 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 yardage wasn't there. If yardage, if, if, if the yard, point, no sorry, no sorry, he had two, touchdowns. No, no, my bad. He threw for over 300 yards that week. So sorry, he had two yeah. touchdowns. If he threw for like four touchdowns, it would have been a home run. Double off the wall, so very impressive. Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, Chris, tell us about your fantasy week. Uh, any, any, any home runs in there, maybe? <laughs> well, there is a double off the wall to start it off. That would be <laughs> the first waiver wire target I have is Mr. Jacob Brissett. Um, well, Liam, did you know that Jacob Brissett is performing at a QB1 level so far this season? Well, uh, I do. And actually, I just kind of wanted to say it right now. I am declaring Jacoby Brissett a reputable starting fantasy quarterback. I started him last week in one of my leagues, and, yep, he, and he, he did the job. Yep, you, 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 saw, you, you saw in our league 28 points for me in our league. Yep, not a coincidence. You won your first game that week, and mm-hmm. he got me 28. He got me 28 points in my league this this past week with that beautiful, beautiful game against the Raiders. Garbage time, Lord Jacoby Brissett mm-hmm. came out in full force right there. Yeah, um, he is only owned in like half the leagues right now. So like, go out and get him. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He's the and I heard found out this this morning, courtesy of the wonderful Kay Adams from GMFB. Um, only quarterback in the league to throw multiple touchdowns in the first four games of the season. In each of the first four games. Dude, Jacoby Tom, Brissett. Tom Brady University. Exactly. Think about what that quarterback room was. No, well, think about this. Everyone was mourning the loss of, of, of Jerry Garoppolo. But what about <laughs> Jacoby Brissett? There was no tear shed over that, man. You, the Patriots fans, you're crying over the wrong lost man. Jacoby here, Brissett was the franchise quarterback. You let, but here's the thing. Wouldn't you say that Philip Dorsett has worked out at this point? Like, from both a fantasy and an on-field perspective? But is he the number one receiver? But is he the number one receiver? No. There is no number one receiver in New England. There never has been a number one. Not since Terry Glenn has there been a number one receiver. Or Randy Moss. I was just going to say, I was going to say, I'm fairly confident you had a Hall of Fame wide receiver on your team for three years. And you have a you have a number one receiver. It's just not a traditional one in Julie Dale, but even though he's not a Hall of Famer, but he is a number one receiver nonetheless. Uh, anyways, moving on. Jacoby Brissett, uh, good guy. Go pick him up if you are uh, desperate. If you say if you still have Kirk Cousins kicking around or something, like go pick up Brissett. Um, and the second guy, I'm not nearly as high on, but uh, screw it. He had a good week last week, and if the Titans are smart, they'll use him more. Uh, AJ Brown. I mean, big game. Three yard. Three. He caught all three of his targets for 93 yards last week. Scored two touchdowns, and the Titans needs need someone explosive for that passing attack. Now, obviously, Marcus Mariota throws the ball about five times per game, so you're taking a risk on Brown, but. No, they have literally nothing else that can, nobody else that can run on that team downfield. So Brown has a chance, and he'll definitely he's a he's think of him like a like a Ted Ginn type guy. Like he'll be frustrated to him, but the highs will be incredible. Uh, the, then that, that that Ted Ginn stock, but back in 2015, 2016. Well, or my favorite all time. If you want to talk about a guy that was just that was incredibly frustrating to own, but it was it would still provided its delights. Tory Smith back in his heyday with the Ravens, like 2012, 2013. Oh man, because there were weeks that he he'd catch literally nothing, and then there's weeks he'd get like 180 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, off four catches though. Oh, exactly. It was beautiful, mm-hmm. particularly the Super Bowl year in 2012. He was money. 
Um, so moving we on, don't, we the, don't talk about that year, but yeah, moving on. Oh, oh, oh no! The, oh, you mean the, you mean the last time the Patriots got pants in the playoffs at home? Yeah. That was tremendous. One of my favorite games. Beautiful. <laughs> I want one more of those before Brady retires. One more. Yeah, pretty um, Joe like watches that. Watches that replay every night. I'm sure. Well, Flacco until that until that um game a couple years ago, the the 14 point comeback game. Flacco outplayed Brady every other time he played over the playoffs, including the the stupid Billy Cundiff game. That this, that's true, but at the same time, that defense was giving him a great platform to go out and set up from. So fair enough. And again, again, this is not Patriots fans. Do not take this as me. I'm not trying to tell you Joe Flacco is a better playoff quarterback than Tom Brady. I'm just saying, in three of the four times they played each other, Flacco outplayed him. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Guys, in two of those games, you were blowout losses. So if you try to dispute that, yes. Anyways, now speaking of the Patriots, you just the Patriots just lost their kicker today, so that makes this next pickup uh, even more important. Matt Gay from the Buccaneers. Ignore that disaster he had against the friggin' uh, against the pan. Uh, who? Oh Christ, who they played was that? That was um the Giants, the Daniel Jones game. Mm-hmm. The, ignore, ignore that debacle. Dan- Daniel Dimes is what yes, is, Danny is, Dimes. Is, is, is the name that every yes. like pundit has incessantly been repeating. I really, Just, it really, I really don't like it. It's very annoying. It doesn't roll off the tongue like, no, the it, way it, people it, think it does. No, it does not pop at all. Like mm-hmm. at all. I, I, they need to, they need to, they need to go back to the lab for the. I, that I one, think it was like Garofolo or somebody like fr- first came out with it and was just like you know yeah they're oh, already like football Danny Dimes yeah but no and Barstool already has Danny Dimes merch it's very tacky I, I'm not yeah. a fan. Uh, but, but it's going to sell because it's the New York market. Absolutely. Particularly the Giants. Um, but Matt Gay for the Buccaneers. So, again, avoid the debacle he had of the Giants with Bruce Arians accepting the penalty, the delay of game penalty, because so he was doing better from uh, longer, further away. Um, he's number he's number three fantasy kicker so far. And that Tampa offense, they're explosive, but they also crap out a lot in the red zone. So the opportunity is going to be there for Gay. Obviously, if he continues to – I mean, he does miss extra points and uh, all that jazz, but he's but, also hit a, he's also hit a few the yarders. But here's the thing, old crab legs, when he craps out in the end zone, it's not just, you know, a three and out and, ooh, we're going to kick a field goal. It's he's throwing an interception. That you can know, happen. Like, no, there's, there's some there's risk with Matt Gay. Bu- you know, you know bumming out in the end zone. Three straight weeks of nine-plus points for Matt Gay, and he's the number three kicker behind Joey Sly and Greg Zerline so far. So I'm just, saying, I'm just saying it's always a factor to consider with old crab legs. For sure, for sure, and particularly that he's had he's put together three, uh, two consecutive good games, so he, he's due for an absolute crap fest. <laughs> uh, um, then we have, um, moving on, Deontay Johnson. Now, since Mason Rudolph has taken over, uh, Deontay Johnson's been the number one receiver in Pittsburgh. He scored both weeks, and I honestly anticipate that to continue because um, Johnson and Rudolph obviously got a lot of second-team reps together, so the chemistry's there that it's not there with Schuster. Even though Schuster is obviously a best superior talent, but Deontay Johnson is the only explosive threat on that offense right now, and the only one that Rudolph has a rapport with. So I would say he's a, a solid pickup. He's got 55, 55 plus yards in, the, in both of, and a touchdown in both games as Rudolph has started. And lastly, a defense that has somehow been repeatedly ignored on the wire, really number three fantasy defense right now, the Tennessee Titans. So far through four weeks, thirteen sacks, six takeaways, one touchdown. And, and a lot of the top defenses have underperformed this year. You got your Baltimore's, your Jacksonville's. Basically, everybody. A lot of the defenses, but not with the that were drafted highly, with the exception of the Patriots and the Bears and the Rams, have been pretty crappy so far. So if you're if you're currently in defensive purgatory, if you're if you're doing the streaming situation, the Titans might might uh, give you a, a resolution there at that position. The, my only concern with the defense like the Titans is you never know what kind of quarterback you're going to get with Mariota. So there's going to be games where he might turn the ball over a little bit too much and that defense is going to end up getting tired. Eventually they're going to break and not just bend. So the, were, there's always going to be that game where, you know, 
like j- just because of the faults of the offense that the defense is going to have to suffer eventually. You're you're dead on. It happened in Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Mania, they couldn't handle it. <laughs> Uncle Rico, baby, throwing over them mountains. Goddamn right. <laughs> Goddamn right. Even though even though even though I am very sad that my uh, good new good friend Gardner Minshew is being associated with a movie that I really can't fucking stand. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're gonna have to agree uh, agree to disagree. And on I that, love cause... dumb comedies, but Napoleon Dynamite not a fan. Yeah, well, you also don't like Wes Anderson, so go to hell. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're gonna talk about our personal fantasy weeks now that Chris has covered the whole waiver wire uh, area for you guys to go ahead and check out on your phones. Um, not a good week for me. One and two uh, throughout all all three of my leagues. But uh, funny enough, actually, the one league that I did win, win in was the one league in which I started Nelson Aguilar, who got himself a big old goose egg this week. Uh, yep. So it's good. <laughs> it's good. Way to be Nelson. He was he was flustered because that guy that guy was insulting him after he saved all the children. Yeah. No. I I I didn't need him anyway. I guess. Um. In like guess not. In, in in another league though, Goff racked up a ton of points. Um. But not enough to push me past a roster that featured both Christian McCaffrey and Nick Chubb. So. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> That's just. Just bent over to the table there, lad. Yeah. Oh no, I had and no. You missed in our in our my I had a game that was literally two weeks ago that was one fifty two to one forty eight. So this kid, we had the two highest scores by far, and he he was I don't remember who exactly who we had, but basically like if you could have saw like I only won because Mike Evans and McCaffrey and Russell Wilson spazzed out so much two weeks ago. I just felt, I honestly felt bad for the kid that I beat him because I had a thirty percent chance to win, and then I ended up I ended up winning because of because of the because of Russell Wilson's garbage type touchdown. Yeah, one of the most frustrating things in fantasy is those weeks where you lose, but you just look throughout all the scores in your league and you see would it beat him? Would it beat him? Would it beat him? Would it yeah. beat him? Like, yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes it's the the fantasy gods are just cruel. This is a rule that we it, we it, hear at EOF. <laughs> Absolutely adhere to and respect. We are absolutely aware of the of the the full extent of the of the cruelty of the game. Yep, sacrifice and, go every and, week. Um, people are starting to ask questions, but that's part of the dedication. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but now you mentioned cruelty. I now I I was blessed this week because I somehow I went three and one, but that that's not the story of the week. I only got one thing to talk about this week. I won two games. In which I bench Chris Godwin. <laughs> wow! Now the fantasy next, gods, man. No, I'm screwed. I'm using up. I'm burning <laughs> through. I burned through all my 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 good fortune in September because now in one league it was fine. I ended up scoring 124 points in, anyways, in large part because of the gentleman you got beat by, Nick Chubb. So mm-hmm. Nick Chubb and Jacoby Brissett helped help me out. And I ironically, I in that league, I, I sat Godwin for Cortland Sutton, who only got sixty yards but scored two touchdowns and ended up being a top five receiver anyway. So that worked you see, out. Like I, I'm having a very similar problem right now with T.J. Hawkinson. I don't want to drop the kid because I feel like he has so much potential, but I, it feels like every time I leave him on the bench, he goes off for at least ten points. And both times I've kept him on my roster, he's had one point and zero. Yeah, points. well, he's on. He's going on IR, isn't he? I'm, he got hurt last week. Yeah, no, no, no. I I, I dropped him. You dropped him. Okay. So, yeah. so anyways, to finish up the Godwin note, so in the other league, which is the league the Liam and I are together, I miraculously, my team didn't even get 100 points, and I start, well, and I some, which was awful. But the reason, all right, so the reason I, because you're like, why would you bench Chris Godwin? He was a game time decision, and the Rams at that point had allowed the second least points to 
so uh, so there was a combination of the matchup, and I was like, how? Because like with the games, like you don't know if the, he's gonna get out there and like not play at all. Because that's happened before. I've gotten burned by that before, where a guy's a game better decision gets out there and plays like three snaps. And, and Bruce Arians like, oh, is also the guy that doesn't like to risk the health, uh, you know, of his players. He's a very player oriented coach. You know, exactly. And particularly, however, there was one side when he was considered to be a game throw decision on Saturday, but what it, was, it was announced that about that and that game was in L.A. It was announced about nine thirty a.m. Eastern time maybe 10 that he was going to play. So I'm like, oh, God. But regardless, and I, and I contemplate, I was kicking it around at like 3 o'clock. I'm like, yeah, should I sit at, Should I sit Allen Robinson? Should I, should, I, should I play Godwin? I'm like, no, no, no. And because, I didn't. Because you, know, you, you never know if it's going to be one of those games where he plays like two or three snaps just to make sure that he exactly. doesn't acquire any rust. Exactly. But, and I lucked out because while I got like 96 points, my opponent only got 77. So I lucked out dramatically in that regard. And, um, yeah, that's really – so thank you, Fantasy Gods, and I, I look forward to you burning me in November or December as a result. It's sacrificing the goat, man. Just keep killing the goat. <laughs> yeah, and I can tell you right now that I will not be sitting Chris Goblin again unless he's unless he's actually even ruled out. So that's not happening. And I've gotten cute. This is the second – me and Chris – I know, mind you, I played Chris Goblin t- twice, and he did okay both those weeks. The two times I sat him is when he's exploded. It was the Carolina game and then last week against the Rams. Well, I just got him – I should clarify. I just got him in the second league. In Jimmy's league, I just got him in a trade. So right. I only had one chance to sit him, and I did it. But I will not be sitting him this week against the Saints, even though Winston's probably going to throw up like 15 yards and nine picks this week. He's due. <laughs> he's due for the he's due for the dude. I mean, so what's it now been for Winston? Like two plus weeks of 200 plus yards? He's had he played yeah he's had literally two like amazing games. He's thrown like six touchdowns the last two games. I mean, it, it's weird. He's like playing like a number one overall pick or something. Yes, and he did he did bad. Obviously, week one he was god awful. Week two was a short week for them, and he did eh, he did okay. He, I don't think he threw any picks, but he had a very pedestrian game. The last two weeks he's been he's been spectacular. And Tampa has obviously they came close to beating the Giants, and they did beat the Rams. But they have I mean the Saints defense has played a lot has been playing a lot lot better since Brit since since the, the two games that Bridgewater started. So I, that that that's a, that's a sketchy matchup. Even though the, even though it's, even though you see the green there, he was almost my he was almost my sit up this week. But I was like he's he's playing too well for right now for me to put that on him. T- Teddy Bridgewater is a name to keep an eye on, especially considering the weapons that the Saints have. But at the same time, I don't think he's comfortable comfortable enough as a starter no. in that offense yet. I mean, here, here's the thing. He's been a good end, game manager. Towards the end of the season, if injuries start to stack up, and you know, especially in deep QB leagues where you have a QB one and QB two, like we did last year, let's not do that again. Uh, yeah, no. Bridgewater definitely worth, worth taking a look at down the road, but we need to move on because I, I, you know it's funny that I say uh, looking at down the road because we're already four weeks in the NFL season after a it's whole, crazy man yeah after after so much anticipation and waiting that goes through the off season you know unless you're like a rugby fan or something like that and you have something to occupy occupy yourself um, but yeah so Chris let's uh. Let's talk about some thoughts on this uh, on the on the last four weeks. On the first four weeks, um, are we, are we going to talk about the fact that half the almost half the leagues two and two? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> hey, everybody has a chance. It's a clean it's slate. True. Zero, it's zero, true, you know, except uh, for the uh, Dolphins. Oh, no. oh, no. the Dolphins <laughs> yeah. and the Redskins. No, that, and the Jets. Uh, honestly, if if the Redskins made the playoffs, that would surprise me more. That would surprise me less than if the Dolphins won five games. I. Maybe, but the one, the, I, maybe simply because the Redskins are actually trying to field a team. The Dolphins are literally like, "Give us that number one pick, baby." So, <laughs> tank th- no, for so yeah, baby. exactly. Tank or tank for somebody. Who knows if they're going to get a quarterback next year? It could maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. But I'm just honestly impressed at how bad Miami is. Everybody. All right. So anyway, 
four weeks have gone by, but heading into the season, there was a ton of narratives that people were talking about over and over again that just kind of became, you know, media folly. Uh, what were a few of the narratives that you think that were just totally busted in the first four weeks that you're at least, you know, 90% sure about? Um, number one would be the, the fact that Patrick Mahomes is going to have a regression in year two. And for fantasy purposes, I mean, people were mocking, like, oh, you don't take a quarterback high. Mahomes isn't worth like a second, third round pick. So far, he has been. I mean, through it, he's currently, even with throwing no touchdowns against the Lions last weekend, he's still like currently on pace to beat his, his 50 touchdown, 5,000 yard season last year. Through four games, he has thrown 1,510 yards. I thought that was a mistake. See, I'm sorry, I just want to stop you right there. Mahomes is one of those players, it just seems that I have to play every single week in one league or another. And it seems like a lot of people have this problem, because like you said, a lot of people took Mahomes high. Yes, and yeah. I, I, I have, in fact, the kid in my league that I'm the commissioner and the kid is who is in first place, a big part of the reason that he, we have the exact, I have the exact same running back tandem in another league and I'm two and two, and he has just James Conner and Philip Lindsay, and he basically, he's winning mostly because of Patrick Mahomes and the Patriots defense are basically carrying. I mean, the output's been ridiculous. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not crapping on it. But like, it's, Mahomes has been absolutely enormous. Yeah, and, but yeah, anyway, you, you, you no are depicting picks, the statue no that is Mahomes. No picks. So the, the, but the thing with Mahomes, and, I, and I'm very skeptical about quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. It takes me forever. Like, I will not admit a quarterback is good of, until they've performed for like three or four years. Pat Mahomes is good. Mahomes is a different story because this kid, the stones on this kid. No, let's throw. Also, like the fact that he's—I think he's the only like quarterback who is like the like the like rocket arm prospect that can actually you know what he can do. He can't just throw the he just can't he can't just throw the bar bar yeah, ball far. He can throw it accurately. It isn't that crazy. You can, a guy can actually whip the ball downfield and actually lands in his receiver's hands. It's just, crazy. Here's the thing: you you think the football you think the fantasy gods are cruel. The football gods are just as cruel, but sometimes they can be just as giving. And when they saw Patrick Mahomes, they were like, "We're going to give this boy the, the the, the special one, the, the special." Yes. Package. So not only you give him that skill set, then you put him in the hands of the coach that is the greatest coach right now at developing quarterbacks. But it's just has me. He won a Super Bowl. Not yet, but I, I if Mahomes doesn't break the Chiefs, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll be stunned at some can, point. Can this coach manage the clock <laughs> of his microwave? His microwave, absolutely. It, a, can, it, will he forget it? No, see, because you, you don't have to pause the microwave. You can just, you can just keep that bitch going. Now, if, if, you, if, you, if, if it was like... That's a know, specialty. That's a specialty. Just yeah, to let now, clocks if, run. Exactly. So if you had to intervene in cooking in a microwave, then it would be a problem. Like something you have to like stir and re and reapply, then that could yeah. be an issue. Here's the thing: any any Stubbers reason the kind of coach, is big problem. For yeah, for yeah. Any reason the kind of coach who will let let the hungry man dinner burn in the microwave? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <He laughs> Don't be broke with Andy Reid. Thank he, God. He forgets he has to he has to take turn the friggin' pick the corner up and stir it. He has like and and, re and put it back down. <laughs> yeah, thank God Andy Reid's a millionaire and probably eating that real food or at least that exactly. Arby's delivery via DoorDash. You know, DoorDash, exactly. please sponsor us. Uh, yeah, somebody grew up on one of those one of those lovely establishments that I one of those lovely services that I don't use. Um, yeah. Anyways, but yes, Mahomes has been dynamite at every bit and looks like he's going to be at least as good as he was last season and worth every worth completely worth the the high draft pick. Another one, Ty Hilton was not going to be an elite receiver without Andrew Luck. Crap. You Mr. Eugene Hilton has been a guy. I mean, the guy has been for me has been possibly the most underrated receiver in the last five years. 
because he's not just this burner. The guy, he's he's great. He's great. He can run a variety of routes. He's great after the catch, and he's been, and he has and also he played with Brissett for an entire season. He not there's nobody else on this team with the exception of Jack Doyle that has that that has that familiarity with Brissett. Eric Ebron. Ebron did not play the year that Brissett was a starter. It's Jack Doyle that, did. All right, yeah, no, that, that's very it, true. It's, it's, it's only like, Ebron's second they, year. They've the been Colts. on the same team though. He's been in the locker room with these guys, and there's you know he, yeah yeah there's, there's a lot to be said. They were together last year, but exactly. And Hilton, mind you, he got hurt in the third game. He didn't play the second half. Of that game of the third game of the season, so so far he is in basically two and a half games, twenty catches, one hundred ninety-five yards, and four touchdowns. Now he probably won't play this week. The Colts bye weeks next week. He's got a he's got a hamstring issue. He'll probably or a quad issue. Sorry, quad issue. And he'll they'll probably sit him this week. But I, I Hilton has been tremendous. I think he will be he will be tremendous again when he returns. And right. lastly, is that Darren Waller was going to be a beast in John Gruden's system. I mean, the man, the passing game. Even though Tyrell Williams has stolen all the touchdowns. But Darren Waller has been a target machine. Thirty catches, thirty so thirty-three catches and three hundred and twenty yards through four games. And my, this is a kid who never started a game until this season. He's it, been it, terrific. And it, John Gruden is a is a he is a friggin' Neanderthal, and he's going to target the hell out of his tight ends. That's exactly what he's done so far this season. Here's the thing, though: how much of that is John Gruden, and how much of that is Derek Carr panicking and over-targeting his tight end? You know, both. in the face, in, in the face both. of pass rush. It's both, but it, but if you look at historically, John Gruden's tight ends always succeed. So I'm going to chalk it up more, even though you are right. You got Derek Jerry Carr, Cook that, that, Derek, that big old payday, didn't Derek he? Carr, he didn't, and he's and he's been worth every penny in New Orleans so far. Even before Breeze went down, boy, was he productive. Uh, no, he made Jerry Cook look like a pretty good tight end, which is impressive, because Jerry Cook is, is wildly mediocre. And Waller, who knows how good Waller actually is, but he is he's productive, and that's all that matters for fantasy players right now. And he'll be productive as long as, he was, as, long as he's healthy and starting tight end for the for – the, Oakland soon to be Las, Las Vegas, Vegas. Raiders Raiders. God, is that disgusting to say? <laughs> I feel so. But those friggin' poor bastards. All they do, they root so hard for their friggin' team, and they get them taken away to go to friggin' Vegas. It's it's appalling. Yeah, what, no. Take, take away a team with no fan base. Uh, uh, take their Chargers away. Unfortunately, the mantra just win baby comes to the bottom line of making profits, and that's the way the Davis family kind of saw it in, in the end. Um, yep. How his father would have felt? Who knows? We'll, ne- we'll never Alistair. know because. Well, well no, we, we will know because his eternal flame will just burn out as soon as they build <laughs> the, it. The dead don't talk, baby. They do I have mean, that weird. They do have the weird Aldo Davis Memorial Cauldron at the Raider Stadium that they're also bringing to Vegas. And I think it's just going to go out as soon as it leaves Oakland. It's <laughs> it's going to it's going to just be burnt out it's, forever. It, it's 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 going to face tons of problems, electrical, gas wise, and stuff sure. like that. For oh sure. yeah, no, this, this is there's going to be an HBO documentary and everything in ten years. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be riveting stuff. What? What if I told you? <laughs> yeah, the thirty for thirty on how the Al, on the supposedly eternal Al Davis flame burnt out. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. So, the, so, so, so what about you? How do you how do you feel about? Yeah. Anyway, so I'm I'm gonna be talking about <laughs> quarterbacks. <laughs> so I can talk about the Al Davis Calder for another half an hour. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna nip this in the bud before it gets out of hand. We, we need to just create a whole other podcast that just says stupid side shit from eof well at least that was football related <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway i'm going to talk about a quarterback uh, by the name of kirk cousins up in uh, good old minnesota um and i'm saying the narrative that's been busted is that he was going to be able to put it all together after a year in the system right now he's averaging only 11 fantasy points this year the defense has really started to come back in their own form in their own right uh, and that gives them chances in games, but right now Q- 
the QB play has been totally pedestrian. And if, I, and, if, and if I'm not wrong, Adam Thielen had some sort of quote to describe uh, Cousins' play uh, last week. Something along the lines of his wife could play be- could play better. He, he did say that. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know how you walk back into the locker room being like, "Yo, dude, my five foot nine wife, totally a better quarterback than you." Yeah, it really the size doesn't matter. <laughs> fact, his wife's not a professional quarterback, and he's like, "Yep, you know what? She'd be better than him." Because yeah. she also is probably willing to throw the ball, unlike Kirk Cousins. Now, to be fair, Kirk Cousins, while he's not great, and he's not been great, it's more of a coordinating problem there. Zimmer promoted Kevin Stefanski because he knew he wouldn't be like DeFilippo because he felt like DeFilippo was throwing too much and he got away from the running game. Mike Zimmer is as friggin' old school as it comes. He wanted to pound the hell out of the ball. But yet That's you, what had, he's gotten. You, you had great ears from Thielen and Stephon Diggs who were able to put up 1,000-yard yeah. seasons with Case yeah. Keenum at quarterback. It, it yeah, seems like it should have been a no-brainer upgrade. No, last season was good. And, and last season was good. But Thielen, Thielen had eight consecutive, eight or nine consecutive games 100 yards last in a row last year. So that yeah, is no, I remember that it was crazy. Yeah, I'm absolutely baffled what they're doing. I mean, like I understand like trying to get Delvin Cook more involved and trying to establish the run more, but like not to at the expense of literally the entire passing game. Mm-hmm. It makes absolutely no goddamn sense. And because well, last time it was last time I was the first time I'd seen the play, and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Because right. you're entirely predictable when you do that. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I'm saying the one more uh, narrative that really uh, was busted was that. John, that Melvin Gordon was going to hold out until November. Uh, how that, did, that, that, yeah. that was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. Unfortunately, uh, Melvin Gordon realized that despite the fact that he is a talented running back, he is not necessarily a top, you know, top three quarterback in the league of, you know, Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, or Saquon Barkley, say. Uh, you know, definitely, no. de- de- definitely a talented player, but I, I would say sign the $10 million a year, uh, Gordon, or, you know, yeah. take your chances in free agency. Probably he. I'd say he's going to earn up between ten and twelve million a year on the, on the market, but he's definitely not getting any kind of Le'Veon Bell money. He, he's not getting the Elliott Gurley money. It's not happening for him. Also, Gordon has gets has gotten honestly even like gotten he's gotten dinged up repeatedly. He has I think he's played one sixteen game season so far, and I think he also realized that his rookie contract he wasn't making he hadn't amounted enough money in his career yet to to hold out for the entire season or even half the season. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, he's been more so a kind of a touchdown hawk. You know, after his infamous yeah. rookie season in which he didn't score a single touchdown, he kind of came back with the vengeance to try to, uh, you know, no. right that wrong. And so that's been a lot of his fantasy value, especially in the last couple of years, has just been red zone targets, uh, receiving uh, and, you know, going between the tackles and getting in the yeah, end zone. Also, literally last season was the first time in his career he averaged over four yards a carry. So he's been he's been pretty eh. Like no, giving giving Gordon giving Gordon solid. a huge he's a, a been he's been ad. fine he's been fine but he's he sure as hell is not worth the money he was asking for. No, definitely not. All right, so we're gonna move on to narratives that actually held true, not busted, but held true. And that that held true. Well, um, oh yeah, like what? What? Sorry, hold on. I got my my notes are all freaking screwed up. Yeah, so um. So let's say this. We went into the season saying that the Bears defense was going to be a terrifying prospect. And lo and behold, they are. Right now, the numbers say that the Patriots is the number one defense in the NFL. And yeah, that's true. But that's just because Devin McCourty is picking off balls left and right of subpar quarterbacks like Fitzpatrick, like, uh, I'm sorry, who was it? Uh, Luke Falk and uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, in, 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 the first, in, in, in the first couple games. 
but however, this Bears defense has been all over the field, both athletically, and just in terms of their pass rush, in terms of their sack production. Khalil Mack, monster as usual. Um, there, I, it, it seemed to me like there wasn't any kind of prediction that there was going to be any kind of decline for this Bears defense. As for Mitch Trubisky, that might be a different story and how this offense is kind of gelling. But, uh, you know, but as far as people were predicting, this Bears defense is keeping this team in games, and I think they're going to be able to keep doing that throughout the season. Yeah, Pagano's coming and done a great job. And, they, I mean, the, the talent the talent obviously is there, and I am, I'm as a fan, I am absolutely thrilled that there has been no decline, even though they switched coordinators. Now, I realize that I screwed up with the Waller. The Waller was in this category, so, yes, so – yeah, Yeah, sorry. I, I had my all clumped together. Now, my, my next take would be that the fact that the Packers offense is under a, sl- a slow start with, with Matt LaFleur. Because Green are, Bay... Are they? Yes, because if you look at before the Philly game, they were wildly mediocre. Devontae Adams still has not scored. Rodgers has been a middle-of-the-pack fantasy quarterback. Aaron Jones is getting touchdowns and doing literally nothing else. So you Even when, Mike Pe- are you saying Mike Pettin is winning these games? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the defense, particularly on the back end, has been sensational. Way better than anybody expected. But the offense has been – until last week, and mind you, that's the first game they lost mm-hmm. because Carson Wentz and the Eagles put together a very, very gutsy performance and pulled out that win. The they Eagles, come, I think, are the most out. overrated team in the league. I disagree with that. I, I disagree no, with that. I, I think they got balls. I think they should, I think they should be 3-1. and one. Ball, No, balls are one thing. They, no, they, they definitely they have balls. They shouldn't have lost the Destroyed game. But now, I don't know. At the same time, there's something there's something about the way that Peterson has been managing these games and calling and calling plays late in the games that just kind of puts them out of position. That just it, it has me feeling really nine and seventy. I don't know. I, I like I like Philly a lot. I, I think they're gonna get. I think they're gonna piece together. But but Green Bay. I mean, like they've been. But anyways, yeah. The offense has been very. I, I don't think Rodgers is necessarily comfortable with Lafleur yet. They've called a very conservative offense, and it just really hasn't. I mean, like Lafleur. It's been a Matt Lafleur offense. It's basically what you saw in Tennessee last year. Except, except with way more talent. Now you got a, you got a glimpse of what it, it might turn a corner, but also Philly has the worst secondary football. Mm-hmm. So yes, Devontae Adams feasted last week. Rogers feasted last week. So we'll we'll see what happens when they play more legitimate teams. We'll see if that well, like Dallas this week, for example. So we'll see we'll see if they can keep that rolling. It might be kind of like a diesel engine. You know, it takes a little while to start up, but once it's going, it's going, baby. Yeah, yeah. So that will that. So what what is your final take? Because those are my two. Yeah. Um, I actually don't have any more takes for this one. However, we're going to go, uh, with, uh, onto, onto the next category and the final category. What narratives are you still not exactly sure about, uh, going into the rest of the season? Yes. Well, there's only there. Okay. There's far too many to touch on. I mean, honestly, we're not sure. I'm really not sure of a whole hell of a lot. But you got to talk about big Lenny. I know there's only one that I have (laughs) and that would be, so we heard Leonard Fournette would not shut his mouth throughout the entire off season. He's like, guys, last season was really disappointing. I got all the bad people out of my life. I'm going to start working hard, and he's going to show on the field. Um, we, we, now we've seen both. Leonard Fournette, two weeks ago against the Titans, was literally in negative yards. And that was a game Jacksonville dominated. Jacksonville was, up, was winning the entire game. Minshew was playing his ass off. Fournette was in negative yards until the fourth quarter garbage time run that was like 75 yards and literally saved his entire game. Mm-hmm. Then and the fu- fantasy owners across the league. It, he tr- it truly did, and then he follows that up with a career high last week against the Broncos. Now the Broncos' rush defense is awful, thirtieth in the league, but my man th- ran for two hundred plus yards. However, 
end of the game, Mario, a game they won. A game the Gardner Minshew led them down the field, won the, and Josh Lambeau kicks a game-winning field goal. He is literally yelling at Cam Robinson, their left tackle, on the sidelines. I'm like, dude, you ran for two. You're the best. You had the best game of your career from a yardage standpoint, and you're yelling at your goddamn left tackle. So but for at now, the same I, time, you, you never really know what's going on over the sideline. No, it, you're you're not wrong, but but it just seems like an odd time to be yelling at your left tackle in a game when you did that well and your team won. And you know the cameras are on you. You know the kind of scrutiny exactly. that you're and, under and as it's a not player, like, and especially it's, in such an important year. That's the, and it wasn't like he was. And obviously, when you're running back, your offensive lineman or everything. So he's yelling at a left tackle. So clearly that wasn't like a, oh, like I dusted up like somebody got from the defense got mad at me or like I'm yelling at Doug Marone like Jalen Ramsey was. Like, no, it's like you're yelling at essentially like the guy who's, who's helping you along. You're, you're at, like your most important coworker or one of your most important coworkers. But Fournette, it's a combination of the of his work ethic his, and, and that Jags line makes me a little nervous. I'm not sure what, what who is the real Leonard Fournette at this point in time, and I don't think I will be sure anytime soon. <laughs> All right. Well, one thing I'm exactly sure about is the Browns' defense. This 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 defense has so many different uh, good pieces: Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, Larry Ogunjobi. But at the same time, you have games like against the Titans and uh and against uh the, the most recent loss. Who who was it two weeks ago that they lost to? They lost the Rams. They, yeah, they, like yeah, they lost to the Rams, which. Basically, like they gave them a big run for their money, but Jared Goff, uh, despite throwing two picks in that game, was still able to uh, get the game winner, um, and they weren't able to, uh, you know, cl- close the game out and really keep the Rams uh, out out of touch and uh, get, put their defense in better field position to get the comeback. Although, let's be honest, Baker Mayfield kind of threw Mayfield that game played away terrible, and uh, and Freddie Kitchens' awesome uh, HB draw at fourth and nine was real was a really great, brilliant call too. I, I I don't think he was playing for the fourth down uh, for the first down on that play. Honestly, I think he was. Yeah, which is horrible sort. when you're yeah. down by like six with nine minutes left and you're on like the forty. Like you yeah. needed that. You needed to convert. You needed to go for it at that point in time based on the clock. And you drop a fourth and nine. And I'm not gonna give him like, oh, like it's his fourth game as a coach. Maybe he lost track of the downs. You can't lose track of the downs at that point in time of the game. I don't think man. it was a. Uh, I don't think it was losing track of the downs. I don't either. think he. I, no, I, I don't think it was either. I think he was I, getting cute. I, I think it was a, some. Yeah, some sort of weird calculated risk that definitely didn't work out. And I think, you know, he he's a new. You you can say though he's a new coach in that regard, and that you know. He, he's going to like find out that these kind of calculated risks seem cute, but the eventually they're kind of, you know, they're they're fool's gold. And he's also, even if you include his play calling experience, he's at like 12 games because he was, he hadn't called plays at any level until, until Hugh Jackson got fired. Yeah. So he's still very, very new to this whole thing. It shows. Mm -hmm. I know pe- people want to point to the uh, to their games uh, to, uh, to their game against the Ravens as being like their sort of breakout, but at the same time you can just see like say wow well, was it a really good game by Chubb? You know Chubb's huge production kind of forced uh, Lamar Jackson to throw a little bit more yeah. um, and kind of put this offense into an uncomfortable position, which no, put, but in, in turn put Cleveland into a good position. But so. to, to with the defense, I, I agree with you. But they've had a lot of injuries on the back end, so you don't really know what the hell they're about, about right now. And I like their pass rush, but their run defense is terrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I, now see Larry Ogunjobi, I don't like it all. I think he sucks. And Sheldon Richardson has not contributed like they had hoped. And I think I don't think and they 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 just lost Christian Kirksey too. And I don't I don't like their linebackers really to begin with. Joe Schubert's pretty good, but like the rest of the other linebackers. Miles Garrett's a monster though. But no, Miles Garrett's fantastic. Their pass rush is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they but. I don't know. I'm still not sold on their defense either, and they're and they're in a they're in a they have, they have an interesting schedule coming up. And they, they, we'll, we'll see we'll see what they do. They, they play the Patriots in a few weeks. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. 
All right, and uh, my my final question: Um, are the Jaguars good? Not just their defense, because that's a know. whole question in itself as well. Whoa. But is you know if Uncle Rico can really throw it over them mountains, I think the squad Whoa. has a chance to be eight and eight and eight, nine and seven. You know, pull off a ten and six on a miracle run. They're one of the more intriguing wild card teams because their defense, as you saw in Tennessee, can be absolutely remarkable. And Minshew has been electric so far. I mean, what he did, I know he just, I know it was against Denver, but that rally that he pulled was absolutely, was just full of gutsy, gutsy plays. I mean, that, that's the touchdown of the third quarter. You see the friggin' like the pocket awareness he had. He danced his way through the pocket, threw a friggin' bomb to like the backup running back. It was remarkable. It was one of the most impressive throws I've seen all year. Yeah, so no. I think Minshew, I think Minshew has the, I think he has the confidence. I think he plays the game smart. How how likely is he to take Nick Foles' job permanently? It, that's gonna be an interesting thing. I mean, they luckily they don't have to worry about that for another like month and a half. But it's gonna be a re- if if they keep rolling, it's gonna be really hard to put Nick Foles back in there. Even with all, even with all his illustrious playoff experience, it's gonna be really really hard to do that. And I think they're gonna tell Nick, you know, take your time coming back. Make sure you're make sure you're a hundred percent. You know, like, yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be this narrative, like when he comes back to that, like, oh, we're going to keep him on the bench just to make sure he's completely healthy. Like Nick is still our guy. And, you know, depending on what happens in that window, I think that that's when, you know, Coughlin sure. and company will make, you know, the final decision of who they're going to be going with. I it, mean, it hey, is going to be really hard. Minshew's a sixth round pick, uh, you know, under, you know, who was originally underneath the quarterback with a big old contract. Uh, sound familiar? A little bit, except except he was even lower on the draft board than Foles was. Foles was a third round pick, so I know. Well, I mean, we'll I'm see. talking about Tom Brady, but you know, yes. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, Nick Foles is no Drew Bledsoe. We all know that. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. he does. He does have. He does have the nicest completion percentage of all time. <laughs> and, no, if you, are you no, I think it was revealed today that literally his completion percentage through his first 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 four games is sixty nine point four percent, sixty nine point four two zero percent. If you did, if you sixty nine four twenty, baby, Uncle exactly. Rico, exactly the nicest, the nicest highest percentage of ever. He is the ultimate Florida man. I yeah, I, 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 I think I honestly think the internet created Gardner Minshew. I am I'm having I, a hard time believing he's a real person. Yeah, I think that's why I like him so much. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely love that Gardner Minshew. Buy Gardner Minshew stock in fantasy too. Hell, I endorse it. Yeah, please do. Anyway, moving on to our good old segment: stardom, sitem. Yep. Yes. Before Can't that, go okay. wrong. Quick word: I apologize for how universally bad I was last week. I think I whiffed on just about every pick. Just I will not elaborate further. But my my hit for last week was OJ Howard because he was like the only guy that I actually predicted correctly, and my whiff was Nick Chubb. Thankfully, I faded myself. And uh, he, he he proved to be very prosperous for me. So hopefully this week will go better. I honestly can't remember the majority of my picks, other than Jacoby Brissett was a pretty good pick. Well, that's because we didn't have a show last week, and I was the only, I was I was I you decided to take that week off, say like I'm not gonna put myself out there. I went for it and got burned. <laughs> hey man, so, you're a wise man. No, you're a wise man. No, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not. No, that was not a knock. You were very smart because I I mean I had a kid shirt me on social media for mm-hmm. Christ's sakes on oh, Twitter. No. Oh no no no. It, you it's know, all these were well, like I was doing this whole face mask thing, and like I put on like an hour before, and it was it's supposed to be like a two and a half hour thing, and I was like, oh, but it took like five hours. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, oh, shucks, it's two thirty. The games have already started. Yeah, (laughs) but I was glad, and I and I and I told the kid, I was like, sure, but I was like, this is why we're not in the business. That's why the only guarantee we make here at Earful of Fantasy is that we're gonna be right. 
and we're going to be wrong sometimes. We're going to be right sometimes. We're going to be wrong sometimes. And sometimes we're going to be a little bit in the middle. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, take back business, baby. Anyway, I'm going to start it out with uh, quarterbacks. Start Deshaun Watson versus the Falcons uh, this season. Uh, QBs have been feasting on this defense. Uh, I again, Jacoby Brissett versus the Falcons. He was my big uh, double off the wall, according to Chris. And I think Houston gets back on track this week after a loss uh, last week. Uh, in terms of sit him, sit, uh, sit Uncle Rico. I know I'm. T- I'm I was you just sold him to buy Minshew stock, and you're like, sit him. Buy, buy stock, buy stock, but don't stake your whole portfolio on it right now. Keep him on the bench. Minshew has yeah. been nursing a knee injury this week, and the Panthers' pass yeah. rush is going to make him pretty uncomfortable. Carolina does have a, has a sneaky good defense. James Bradbury, one of the more underrated corners in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, is, for- is Gerald McCoy healthy? I don't know. You never really know but they, that guy, do you? Bruce Irvin's not healthy. I do know that, but I'm, I'm not sure about I'm not sure about Gerald McCoy. Mm-hmm. Brian Burns, the rookie, has been a pe- the rookie outside linebacker, best stand out for them as well. Um, anyways, so my startup. This is gonna be again. I'm going real risky. Last week I picked Patrick Mahomes, and that didn't work out for me. So this week I'm gonna go Tom Brady because TV, Tom, because Tom Brady obviously had a very he had a, a, a typical struggle against the Sean McDermott defense again in Buffalo last week. But here's one thing I know about Tom Brady for all these years: when Tom Brady has a terrible game. He usually gets very mad. I mean, you heard he was very he was very despondent in the post game press conference. He sounded like incredibly like incredibly pissed off, even though they won, even though they were literally not losing it for a minute in that game, even though it was close. So, and they're playing the Redskins this week. It was not a good game. No, no. By Patriots standards, it it was not a good game. Tom Brady had absolutely no time in the pocket. And when he did have time in the pocket, he was making really bad decisions and he was not no, on the same was, page as He was receivers. uncharacteristically, I didn't watch the whole game, but what I did see, he was uncharacteristically jittery. And yeah. I don't think he'll be jittering at all. I think he'll just be taking a dump all over the Redskins defense this week and have an absolutely huge game, perhaps even bigger than that friggin' hilarious game he had down in Miami the early in the season and against Pittsburgh in week one. Mm-hmm. Now, and my my sit him is um, I'm Danny Dimes. I Danny I mean Dimes. I mean Danny Dimes obviously did not have a great Danny game against, don't. Dan, against those aforementioned Redskins. He threw two picks last week. He was very accurate, but he threw two interceptions. Uh playing the Vikings defense this week, a little bit uh, a little bit tougher matchup there. And I believe that game is on the road. So I don't like I'm well, not 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 a huge fan of that matchup. I mean obviously uh so yeah. Ah man. So all right, what about running backs? Who you think who you feeling good about, who you feeling bad about? Now this is a guy that I this is now this is strictly a matchup situation. This is not a running back I like a lot, but uh David Johnson against the Bengals. I mean that Bengals defense literally James Conner, it was a it was a cure all for his game this past week. So why can't it be the same for same for Johnson? Johnson has been running the ball terribly, he's been catching the ball fine, but he's been running the ball terribly. I think that I think he's gonna get back on track this week. I think yeah, Arizona. I don't think they're going to ride David Johnson to their first win of the season. Honestly, David Johnson for me is a guy who's always worth the start every single week, just because of his receiving ability, and especially because that offense I don't think has a lot of reliable weapons. Like Christian Kirk has been, been up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he's been way up and down. But yeah, he's been one of their leading receivers. Larry Fitzgerald is still a slot guy who can only kind of come in on these like really quick slant routes, and you know, Fitzgerald's he, been good though. He's, yeah, he's he's looked he's looked kind of ageless this season. Yeah, they're, they're running a weird. They're running a weird offense though, because like Kingsbury, it's hilarious because Kingsbury like like come air raid, air raid. They're running like a dump off offense. I'm like, this is the air raid. This is the big secret. Like, here comes Cliff Kingsbury's going to take the NFL by storm, and he's running a friggin' like screen pass offense. Like, I, ooh, so revolutionary. But at the same time, how much of that is just to kind of protect Kyler Murray at this point? I I, I don't I, think Kingsbury but, has really tried to open up this offense yet. 
But, but like where? But he kept saying that we're gonna open up. We're gonna open up. Like where is it, Cliff? Like you're supposed to be like Captain Explosive. That's why you were brought into the NFL. And because you because you knew Sean McVay. I'm starting yeah. to think it's more because of the latter, not because you're a freaking offensive genius, there, pal. Hey man, the, technically they're not completely defeated this season. No, they, they tied the Lions. Yep. So they're not because, gonna have. They're not going on sixteen. Called a timeout when they were on their garbage time drive. They're trying to drain the clock, and Daryl Bevel got Patricia to call a timeout. So you're welcome, Cliff. <laughs> Yeah. Now, who are you telling him to sit on the bench? Uh, Aaron Jones. Like I said, Aaron Jones has under 300 yards scrimmage yards this season. He's been terrible, but he's been saved by touchdowns. And I don't think he's. I do not think he's going to score against Dallas this week. That Dallas defense is very, very tough. I mean, they shut. They they out. They held Aaron Alvin Kamara to under 100 yards this week. And considering how bad Jones has been, I think he's going to get way less than that. I think. I think. I think they're also going to keep him out of the end zone. All right. Uh, as for me, I'm going to tell you guys to start carry on Johnson versus the Dolphins. Um, the Lions are going to look to rebound after a loss last week, ending their undefeated streak, kind of. Wow, wow, wow. As yeah, we they, said, they, they had the tie with Arizona, so I don't even like to call it an undefeated they, they, they hung in there with the Chiefs. I gotta give no, them credit. Absolutely. Um, but right now, the Dolphins are kind of the NFL equivalent of the, of the uh, taco buy. So, yeah, I'm going to say carry on Johnson is probably going to be a. Be, He's, they're going to run the offense through him, give Matthew Stafford a little bit of a break as he heads towards the rest of his schedule uh, against the NFC, especially against an AFC opponent. I don't think they're going to want to uh, wear his arm out a little bit, a uh, little bit too much. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, wide receivers, um, I'm going to tell you guys: start Adam Thielen in PPR league specifically it, against you, against the Giants. You skipped your setup. You skipped your setup for running backs. Did I? Yep. You oh. just said carry on Johnson. Yeah, no, my my bad guys. I was just kind of scrolling down the script a little bit too fast there. Sit Josh Jacobs uh, for the Raiders versus the Bears. Uh, this Bears defense is totally animalistic, and honestly, I just never trust John Gruden per, uh, play calling. I think the Raiders are overrated. And, uh, they missed they, playoffs. Yes, and they did. They did hold Delvin Cook to two and a half yards of carry last week. So, ooh, your your, your boy Delvin Cook. Yeah, so, John Gruden's proving you right. Yep. No, right. well, no, no. Chuck Regano proved me right last week. <laughs> anyway, so. uh, and mo- anyway, moving on now to wide receivers. As I was saying, I'm going to say start Adam Thielen in PPR leagues versus the Giants. Balty. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't see. So you, so I, you, you, so you clearly, you clearly think they're going to feed him because he, because he mouthed off last week. Yeah, well, I no. hope so. I have on the league. <laughs> I mean, no, it, it, it just more so he's a, he's a reliable target, and the Giants are a subpar opponent. And I that's, think the defense actually, is... Re- the, Giants, I, the Giants second has been terrible. They're fucking awful. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And I think that defense is really going to frustrate, um, you know, Danny, Danny Dimes, um, the, the rookie quarterback. So I think uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be on the field a lot, and I think Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are going to be beneficiaries of that. But I think Thielen at, the, at this point is the clear number one for that offense. Stephon Diggs has kind of fallen off. So I'm going to yeah, say Diggs, bang. Diggs, Diggs, was, Diggs was a no-show at practice this week, so man, it could be Thielen's show entirely. Yeah, I should say no show practice today. Sorry, not this week. Yeah, exactly. So start Adam Thielen uh, specifically in PPR leagues. Um, for standard leagues, I'm going to say Keenan Allen versus the Broncos is a pretty good bet. Um, Philip Rivers up up and down so far, but at the same time, I like this Chargers squad going forward. Keenan Keenan Allen, pretty good season as long as he stays healthy. Uh, sit John Brown versus the Titans. Um, you know, depending. Uh, Josh Allen is still a maybe to play right now. He's still in concussion protocol. Um, and this Titans defense uh, with Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan, they're not the best cornerbacks, but at the same time, this pass rush, as Chris was saying, is pretty decent. I think whoever's under center for the Buffalo Bills is going to have a pretty tough time, and I don't think a deep threat 
uh, like John Brown is going to be somebody who's going to be very effective in a game like this. Absolutely agree with that. Particularly if he gets a lot of a Dory Jackson, that could be a problem. Um, so yes, yeah, my receivers start DeAndre Hopkins because I like, as Liam said, I think Deshaun Watson's going to get right this week, and Hopkins has been struggling along with Watson. I mean, he's literally he's gotten been held I think under fifty yards in three straight weeks, which is very uncharacteristic. So I think Hopkins, Atlanta secondary's banged up. Desmond Trufant got hurt, and he hasn't he ended up playing well anyways. So I think that, that, that there's a very it's a very vulnerable secondary. It's a great spot for him to bounce back. Uh, sit him, Juju Smith Schuster, because as I was mentioning earlier, when I was talking about Deontay Johnson, he him and Mason Rudolph do not have a, any chemistry at all right now, and he's also likely to draw a lot of Marlon Humphrey against the Ravens, who just held Odell to two yards and two two yards, two catches at twenty yards last week. That killed so many people, my brother included. There's a lot of disappointed Odell Beckham Jr. owners out there right now, especially if you look at how well the Browns' office is playing. And Jarvis Landry had a career day, and Ricky Seals Jones got a touchdown in like ninety yards. So yeah, it was not. The passing yards were there; they just were not there against Marlon Humphrey, and I think Schuster's going to get stuck in that. And I think it's, I think it's, it's just a really bad situation with him mm-hmm. right now. All right, uh, moving on now to tight ends. Um, what well, you're kind of reversing your pick from the other week? Now you're telling us to start who? I literally made the exact same picks two weeks ago. I think you're probably. I think like did Chris forget to change them? No, I'm literally doubling down on my picks. So start him, George Kittle. He's had 50 yards in every single game. I the breakout's coming. I'm just gonna I, I'm just gonna keep picking even though I didn't pick well they were on a bye last week. I'm just gonna pick George Kittle to start every week until he finally blows up. I mean, he's the best receiver they have with the Niners. And hey, it's only a mat, it's only a matter of time before he and, and it's a good matchup this week. The Browns secondary, as Liam was just saying, is kind of like who the hell knows what they are. So Kittle gonna blow them up. Kirksey's gone, so the middle of the field is gonna be open for the he can burn the linebackers. Kittle City, we're going. Mm-hmm. And the, Browns, and, the, and the Browns are pretty deficient at safety as well this season. Um, yes. You know, hey, and hey, Chris, if you keep on betting on red, eventually you're going to hit it. You might exactly. You, you might lose the house. You might destroy your marriage. You know, you might lose the kids. You know, depending on what kind of casino you go to. But hey, <laughs> you will win that steak dinner eventually. And in the spirit of that. Uh, that's why I'm going to sit Austin Hooper, who I also said to sit two weeks ago, and he burned me. But the Texans have been cr- tremendous against tight ends this, this season. They just held Greg Olson, who had been on fire, to five yards last week. So I think Hooper, even though he's been the lead, he was the leading receiver this past week with the Thugs, he had like nine catches and like 130 yards. I think he'll have a quiet week this week. I think the Texans will get to him, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully he, like Kittle, will fail so he can, I can be right. <laughs> well, so I'm really hoping that you fail because I'm telling people to start Austin Hooper because he he was the leading receiver last week. I think he's going to keep that rolling. I think he's the Matt best Ryan, Falcon on the field last week by far. Yeah, you know, along with Julio Jones, I think Matt Ryan would really like another anchor out there, another kind of safety net on the field, especially as this, as this team is trying to climb back to, you know, a level of respectability. I think Austin Hooper keeps it rolling at least, you know, eight to ten fantasy points minimum. Um, you know, in ter- so in terms he of could. I mean, the, tar- the targets have been there. So in terms of Sidham, Chris, get out your harmonica. Okay. Get, put some beans oh, on, on the damn. stove. Because I'm taking damn. Jason Witten out to the fields, and I'm You're- putting a bullet in him. Wait, wait, Jason Witten's not already dead? What, Jay- he's not. He's not already dead? Jason Witten is no, not already diseased? No, he, he, he's been I in thought- the stables, and he's been diseased. He 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 was, was talk, he was talking a lot for like Monday. Was, was that was that why he couldn't talk? Is that why he was pulling rabbits out of his head last year? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, I, I, I'm just using this week, you know, to say thank you to Jason Witten, but uh, to 
but but to put this to bed, yeah. he's no longer a serviceable uh, fantasy uh, tight end. Um, this he might come back to yeah. Watch no he, no he's gonna score like a fifty yard TD in the playoffs. I, I yeah I almost I think, guarantee that's gonna happen. I mean yeah I he's yeah he I mean like Witten no he'll have his weeks where he'll just like score and save his day. I think that's just what you're gonna get out of Witten. I think that's that's what he was before his last couple of years before his retirement. I think it's, that's what he's been so far this season. He's got like thirty yards and a score. I think he'll continue to do that this year. And I think I, but, he- I think but he's I, playing this year out of boredom, to be quite I honest. agree. I think he's a guy because he was just he got he got just absolutely demolished from, from, from people uh, mm-hmm. from Monday football people last year. People are so think, mean. They are very mean. And Booger <laughs> McFarland was getting similarly bullied this year. Uh, definitely not as oh, much as, as Witten. Booger does suck. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Booger McFarland is very bad. But at least Booger Booger was great because last year he made fun of Odell Beckham Jr. for having to pee during the game. <laughs> where he ran back, he's like, "Oh, like, like, well, he's like, you, like he's basically like saying like, well, like no. we waited until after the game." Well, like, Odell, like, Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. didn't have to pee. He was just going to get his uh his his Jerry Rice cleats. You know, it's it's right. kind of like it, it, it it's like a like Mike situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the football well, version. Well, my favorite Can, thing from Booger, my favorite thing from Booger this year like Mike cleats. <laughs> what a movie! <laughs> R.I.P. Bowell. Yeah, <laughs> um, but Burger Burger. Much like Jason Witten, Batwell's not dead. Just I know. I got. I got one. This will be my final, our final aside for this evening. But one, one my one last thought on Burger McFarland before I move on to before we move on to the flex spot. <laughs> um, they now Monday Night Football. They seem to do like obviously all the announcers have to like pump up the players to like make it sound like everybody's awesome. But Monday Night Burger McFarland and Joe Tessitore on Monday Night Football are particularly egregious of pumping up guys for no reason at all. Week one, that Texan Saints game. They were pumping up Laramie Tunsil like he was the next Jonathan Ogden, and it was hysterical. Because like, how's he's the Texans the O line doing? No, it was great. Well, to be fair, Tunsil has not been the biggest problem with the O line, but it's been mostly the right tackle in the interior. But still, and, but he Tunsil's still not. But he's been what he was in Miami, very average. And it was amazing because he he literally just finished going on like a ninety second spiel about how great how Tunsil's one of the best left tackles in the league, and how people are like insane for for killing Bill O'Brien for making this deal. Literally right on cue, Cameron Jordan puts a swim move on and puts him on his ass and Deshaun Watson gets sacked before he can even like drop back fully. It was incredible. No, it's it's always beautiful when karma and irony just serve it up live on camera. So you for don't us like sit that. there and don't sit there and start just like gushing over a player, player on the field. Exactly. No, to that like a guy who hasn't proven anything, like a mediocre left tackle, and then defending the move that was widely criticized. Like, calm down, guys. Calm down. It's one thing to pump up like JJ Watt or Drew Brees. Well, that well, that's just staple. That's just yeah. You know, that, that's or Michael from Thomas, the trough, baby. Or Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara. Like somebody. No, who's no risk it, no something. biscuit. No, exactly. Like somebody who is pro- Cameron Jordan, even the guy who made that sack. Like pump up guys that have accomplished things consistently, not Laramie effing puzzle. <laughs> All right. Well, Gas one guy. McGee. One guy I am going to pump up a little bit because I'm going to tell you to start him for your flex option, Tariq Cohen versus the Raiders. Uh, Mitch- oh, okay. Well, okay, please explain because I was baffled when I saw this on the page. He did score last week. Yeah? He did score. Because yeah. he, he has been getting the but he's been very bland because Nagy's been Nagy's been running up between the tackles a lot this season. It makes no damn but, sense but, but, against but you know what's also been really blah this season? The Bears the, offense. That's yeah, what they're too kind. Their offense has been fucking balls. No, the Raiders defense has been really blah this season. Yeah, uh, right now, uh, Cl- uh, Cleveland Farrell uh, uh, has appeared on the injury report. Abrams is you know has, has been battling injuries. I don't think there's a lot of healthy young players on this roster at the moment. No, you know who are I, highly drafted at least. No, I'm Gary and Conley still around. I think. 
Yeah. I, I'm I'm not really keeping tabs on the Raiders' defense, but they've they've actually they've been better than expected this year. Yeah. So I'm I'm still more concerned about Cohen's usage. I mean, like he, they they like he hasn't been getting the ball a ton, and Montgomery has been getting more and more snaps as they've as they've gone on, and the way Nagy has used Cohen this year has been baffling. But 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 here's the thing: uh, Cohen has been getting a lot of red zone targets at the same time. Now, whether or not they're completions. Well, they were last week. That sick wheel route. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're going to take advantage uh, advantage of the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders' twenty seventh ranked uh, defense in the NFL. Their pass, right de- pass defense is very bad. Their pass defense yeah. stinks. So he could do some damage. But, but yeah, uh, oh, oh, yeah, twenty seventh overall ranked red zone defense in the NFL right now, and that's kind of being kind to them because if you actually watch them play, it doesn't it doesn't look good? It yeah, seems I very disjointed and, and very loose. Yeah, it's Paul Gunther, baby. So Crap yeah, board, no, I'm, I'm I'm saying. Two touchdowns on this game. Not, Whoa! Un, not unrealistic for, for Tariq Cohen. Wow. There's my bold wow. take for the week. It's that you very strongly worded and... text that doesn't come to fruition. <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, Wayne Gallman versus the Vikings is the guy that I'm telling you to sit uh, in your flex position. Um, since the Saquon injury, there has been a little bit of hype over Gallman, and he has been a pretty serviceable back uh, for the Giants. Uh, but in terms of fantasy against a uh, defensive front like the Vikings, um, yeah, not, definitely not feeling it. I think this uh, Giants offense is, as a whole is going to have a very hard week. Uh, avoid Wayne Gallman versus the Vikings at all cost. Yeah, Chris, very tough. What about very, you? very tough off a very, very tough defense to run on. I agree with that pick entirely. Uh, my flex starter would be Alshon Jeffrey. He they're playing the Eagles are playing the Jets this week. Jeffrey has scored a touchdown in both games that he's finished in. He's he's played every snap of that he finished. I can't talk. Also, Jeffrey has scored two has scored two touchdowns in those, in those in the only two games that he has finished entirely. And I think that the Jets secondary, particularly on the outside, the safety is very good, but the corners are crap. And I think that Jeffrey and Jeffrey has obviously has the best rapport with Wentz, and they're still banged up. Deshaun Jackson might not play this week, so I think that puts Jeffrey in a good position to succeed this week. And my sit him at the lovely would be Tyrell Williams because even though he has scored every single week for the Raiders, uh, the Bears second he has not faced secondary of the Bears caliber this week. And I think that he, whether even whether or not he draws Kyle Fuller or Prince of Mukamara, I think he's gonna have a hard time scoring this week. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Tell me about the kickers. All right, starting all right. Starting, starting, we're going the number one guy. I mean he's literally he's gotten double digits every single week. Joey Sly, he's booting him. The Panthers are playing another defense in Jacksonville that is a, a bend not break defense. They'll probably slow a lot of offense. Now you obviously got Kyle Allen still under center, so there is. I think there'll be field goal opportunities aplenty for Joey Sly. He'll keep he'll keep kicking him through. At this point, Graham Gano's not going to win his job back when he comes back from IR. Give me the do the Joey Sly showdown in Charlotte. Indeed. Now, who are you saying to keep on the bench though? Brad Mayhar. Dallas, now mind you, Dallas Who? punches it. Brett Mayhar of the Cowboys. <laughs> I know, I, I, I know, I know, I know. Sorry, I know. Well, well, I, I, I know because he's he's been MIA this season. I mean, like, yeah, that's why I probably were like who because like they Dallas has kicked like two field goals the entire season. And Green Bay, as I mentioned earlier, very good defense. I just don't see. I think I think Dallas is going to struggle to move the ball down the field, particularly through the air. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, field goal opportunities for Mayhar this week. All right. Uh, as for me, I'm going to say start uh, Kai Fairburn versus the Falcons uh, for the Texans. Um, again, I don't trust this Falcons defense. I think it's pretty mediocre, and I think Deshaun Watson. And they're hurt, have... too. Yeah. They're, they're no. really banged up. Exactly. Ke- uh, unfortunately, uh, Keanu. Um, Keanu Neal's out again. Yep, Keanu Neal. Another, another which, brutal which injury. devastating. He's a really talented player, but... You know, young with that many injuries, you know, is a tough. Yeah, I think he, he, I think he blew, he blew his ACL last year. That's Achilles this year, or something mm-hmm. like that. He's had two two consecutive seasons getting injured. He knew it on the field too. You could tell. Oh it by yeah, his no, face. It was, that was brutal to watch. Brutal to watch. 
Yeah. And uh, whoever kicks for the Patriots uh, for me is who I'm telling you. Kai Forbeth? <laughs> Kai Forbeth? I, I, it's a pair. I had Roberto heard Aguayo. The, uh, if it was a, if it was Roberto Aguayo, I'd pass out. But I had heard, <laughs> I had heard on the lovely Sports Talk Radio up here uh, at, uh, around five o'clock that the last two guys they were considering were Kai Forbath and Mike Nugent. So get excited, guys! My my, my money's on Nugent. Just more senior Nugent's, player. Yes, he's more. He's senior player, and he's also um, he also not a dome kicker like Forbath is. Forbath kicked a lot of Minnesota, so that, that's no bueno for Bill. Exactly. All right, now as for defenses, I'm gonna say start these. Uh, start the Los Angeles. I almost said St. Louis. Uh, they're still there. They're still there. <laughs> they're still there in a lot of people's hearts. I'm going to say to start the Rams. This defense has been looking better and better by the week, and Clay Matthews is one guy that I'm really excited about on this Rams. He's been squad. he's been shockingly better this season. Yeah, no. I, 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 the, 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 I think the change of scenery less kinda, snaps has helped him. Yeah, the change of scenery has it, really reinvigorated It's that being him. used in a rotational role. I think it's really helped him out. Yeah, no, he's putting he's being put into situations where he's more comfortable, and I think he's being a lot more effective. But I think he's going to give the offense hell on this week. And as for the sit, I'm going to say sit the Chiefs just because I don't trust this run defense whatsoever. You you, you, you weren't impressed by that 100 yard fumble recovery touchdown by Rashad Breeland last week. Spagnuolo's <laughs> turning things around, baby. He's turning yeah. things around. All right. All right. How about so you, for me, baby? I got the start. We're starting. We said baby like a hundred times this fucking episode. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, uh, so starting. Yeah, Tennessee Titans. The aforementioned Tennessee Titans uh, defense. Uh, whether it's Josh Allen or Matt Barkley, but that Bills offense is a walking turnover machine, and I think the Titans will exploit that. Like I said, six takeaways for the season so far. And I think they could probably get a couple more. Definitely a few more sacks in that that mediocre offensive line. They can cause some problems. And my sit them is the Baltimore Ravens. They've allowed thirty three plus points in two consecutive games. This is not the same Ravens defense. They've been very, very bad. And, and even though, and while they will, I would be stunned if they allowed that many points to the Mason Rudolph led Steelers, these Steelers are running off instead of so conservative. They don't turn the ball over and they don't allow a whole hell of a lot of sacks. So I just don't like the matchup. I, so I think it's a very pedestrian. I think they'll probably get like three or four points. It'll just be a very meh performance. So yeah, Ravens, I don't know. I mean, like they, 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 they haven't, like Suggs is gone. Mosley's gone. They have not been the same group this year. Yeah, I know. I feel like the Ravens, like, they've long had this, you know, elite defensive culture under Jim Harbaugh that's just kind of taken a dive recently. And now they've had, they have this whole new offensive identity centered around Lamar Jackson. I think it's great, you know, for the Ravens to kind of go through this evolution. But at the same time, you definitely need to plug the holes on defense and, like, for sure. and, ma- and make sure, you know, one end is keeping up the other and not titanicking. For sure. And also, and I, and I, it also doesn't help, like, I, they kind of remember what the Steelers went through when they went Palomalu and those guys started to get older and James Harrison mm-hmm. because they they just haven't drafted that well. Because you guys like Jimmy Smith still kicking around. They have a bunch of like older guys. Brandon Williams is 30 years old now. Michael Pierce is getting up there. Like the only good young player they brought into that defense. I mean, they replaced Eric Weddle with Earl Thomas, who's also who's no spring chicken himself. <laughs> so like literally the only good young player they have on the defense is Marlon Humphrey. That's it. It's one guy. And like, yeah, you have a top is, corner. Is, is is Marlon Humphrey still on his rookie contract? Yes, he is. Yeah, but he's, so. he's going to get paid. He's in his third year. He had. He's been Ooh, excellent. He's, he's been excellent. And I, yeah, he's gonna, he's going to get himself a nice chunk of change within the next year or two. All right. Well, Marlon Humphrey's going to get paid. Any other final thoughts? Because it seems like we are at the end of the show. There, Chris. We are. Um, Dalvin Cook is good. Watch one more week. It got delayed this week thanks to my Chicago Bears. If he blows up, if he blows up the Giants, which is entirely conceivable, I will finally concede that Dalvin Cook is good next week. Yeah. So Ryan Johnson, 
I don't really have anything else to add. I just didn't want us to get through a show without that man's name being said. Fair, fair. I can yeah. respect it. I can respect it, man. We're still we're, we're we're a month and a half away from Knives Out. It's officially ready PG thirteen, by the way. <laughs> so you can take the kids. You can take the kids at Thanksgiving to see to see that you, Ryan you Johnson who done it. You can take the you can take the preteens to see that to see that Ryan Johnson who done it, which was also second place in the audience award at Fantastic Fest in Austin. So yep, because do with that what you will. Because as we know, uh, film festivals are always a great way to tell how a film is going to do commercially nationwide. But it was the audience award, <laughs> so <laughs> it will. Well, we'll see, and we'll see. But really, the only audience that matters is you, is you the, yourself, exactly. The, the That's EO, right. The EOF That's right. audience, and we will. And don't worry, when we. No, I was talking about you and me specifically. <laughs> like, like we we don't know. Like we like they, the audience in Austin love Knives Out. Who knows if we'll like? If, <clears throat> who knows if I'll like Knives Out? Who knows if you'll like Knives Out? We'll we'll find out. In and we'll tell you all about. It. And we will tell you. We're, we're actually going to do a bonus episode. We just talk about <laughs> Knives Out for an hour. Yep. Hey, dude. <laughs> I, Chris, I know you're new to the whole ear, the the, the uh, earful of dirt family. That is not unusual. I know you were telling me after the after we got off the air the last time you guys would it was specifically talk about Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, during every show, which is insane. All right, so we we gotta get on out of here. So uh, here's the outro. Well, Chris, if there's nothing else, then I'd like to say thank you folks for listening to this episode of Earful of Fantasy. Remember, you can catch us every Wednesday night at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time here on Facebook or every Thursday morning via your favorite podcast provider. Speaking of podcast providers, make sure you subscribe to the Earful of Fantasy and whatever provider that may be, even if it's the freaking orange one, <laughs> as, the show, <laughs> as the show will be listed on Earful of Dirt, will no longer be listed on Earful the dirt's normal feed so go ahead and subscribe yeah, uh, while you're at, yeah while you're at it make sure to give us a like on facebook where you can give us the most direct interaction um also follow us on twitter at eo fantasy thank you very much folks my name is liam poach uh my co-host chris maitland please tune in next week sayonara au revoir you've been listening to earful of fantasy on the earful of sports media network be sure to tune in next week We're live each Wednesday night on Facebook and available every Thursday morning from your favorite podcast service. Support the show for free stuff and an on-air shout-out at patreon.com slash earful. And be sure to hit us up throughout the week on Twitter at EOFantasy. Until next time, check those trades and watch them stats.